and welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. Um, it's kind of nice to finally have some sunshine um, amidst all the cold winter weather that we'd previously had and gives a little ray of, of hope amongst some things. Um, this week, we're kind of excited to have one of my friends on and somebody I was able to reconnect with a couple weeks ago and realized she was also doing a podcast. So it was kind of great. Um, but Miss Katie Starr is here with us this week and we're wanting to kind of dive into some of the local associations she's involved with. But before we get too far into it, thanks Katie for joining us. And you want to kind of give listeners a little bit of a background on yourself. Sure. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here today. So, um, Basically, I grew up on a small um, beef cattle ranch in central Oregon and um, kind of followed my dad around to a lot of the local association meetings and and um, was his little shadow for a lot of that stuff. And I ended up um, going to a local community college before transferring to the University of Idaho um, woohoo, go Vandals, um, <laughs> where um, I double majored in agribusiness and then also uh, animal science with a beef pr- production option. And so while I was at the U of I, I was pretty active in a lot of clubs, um, particularly with the Student Idaho Cattle Association, which in turn led me to be involved with the Idaho Cattle Association. And um, then being from Oregon, I also um, attended the Oregon Cattle Association events occasionally as well. And so, um, and when I was in college, I also worked with uh, um, the NCBA a little bit and was fairly involved with the Young Producers Council. Um, I don't know that they actually even have that anymore. Maybe um, it's, I think it's kind of, um, kind of fizzled out a little bit, but um, that was when a lot of social media and blogging was really kind of a big thing, um, just getting started. And so, um, and then after I graduated, um, a few months later, I actually ended up getting a job with the Oregon Cattle Association. And um, that honestly came about all through knowing the right people and networking and being involved, um, which really has led to how I guess involved I am now in our local association, um, how I kind of got roped to in, roped into it. <laughs> but um, and then you know I've had a few jobs um, from there. I when we moved over from Oregon to Idaho, um, I worked for AgSource Laboratories that does a lot of um, hay testing and DHI testing and animal health testing, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, and now I'm with, uh, Stanley premium Western forage and I'm a marketing consultant with them. Um, and of course doing a podcast with them, but, um, and that has led me to being over here in Idaho and finding the magic Valley cattle association and getting involved from there. So. Excellent. Well, thank you for for your introduction, Katie, and we'll just dive right in here. Um, With the cover of the Animal Rights Ballot Initiative in Colorado, we've been discussing on our podcast how important it is to get involved. 
Um, you alluded to it a little bit in your introduction there, but you've been heavily involved with the Magic Valley Cattle Association, um, which is a local association in Southern Idaho for our listeners who don't know. Can you give us a brief overview of what um, the MVCA does? Sure. So the Magic Valley Cattle Association, um, basically our mission statement is uh, to educate, promote, and preserve the local beef industry and the livelihoods of the producers through partnerships and affiliations with other agencies, organizations, and associations. And so through that mission statement, um, we, you know, obviously have our social events that we get together for meetings and hang out um, along with, you know, some of the other um, fun things. We've gone to do beef night at um, the hockey games in Boise, um, fun things like that. Um, A couple of our important fundraisers that also happen to be some social events for us. They really allow us to um, raise money to help kind of support our local communities and then also our um, the future of the industry um, through 4-H and FFA and scholarships and things like that. Um, and so that's kind of, I guess, in a nutshell, um, how the Magic Valley Cattle Association kind of spends their time and being together with everyone. So. Well, that's great. And how did you, I guess, even choose to be a part of the association? You know, you didn't grow up in the Magic Valley and you had some connections coming here, but, but how did you choose that organization over say like Farm Bureau or some of the other organizations that, that could, you could have chosen? Right. So, um, cattle are very close to my heart. I mean, it's, it's been something that I've, you know, lived and breathed my whole life. And so it was kind of a natural, um, direction for me. And I think also being involved with the Idaho Cattle Association in college, um, kind of helped lead me in that direction as well. Um, and you know, obviously we, my husband and I are farm bureau members as well, but we're not as involved as, as we are with the cattlemen's. And, um, honestly, when we came over here, um, I think we knew two people and one of them didn't really live here anymore. She just grew up here. Um, Val Pantone, uh, you know, you know, the Pantone family, they're pretty awesome. And, um, anyway, so she happened to be around and we're like, Hey, we don't know anybody here. Um, and this is me saying this, my husband probably could have been a hermit and been fine with it. And I'm like, Hey, I want to go meet people. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, Val introduced us to, um, John Ricketts, who at the time was, I believe he was the past, uh, most recent past president for the Magic Valley Cattle Association. And so he, she got us connected with him and uh, essentially the rest is history. They found out I worked for the Oregon Cattlemen's Association and they're like, hey, uh, you want to be secretary? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm not the secretary now. Um, I am still very involved. I handle a lot of uh, the social media for the cattlemen's and some graphic stuff, minor, minor graphic stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I got involved. Well, it's awesome. kind of reassuring. Well, I know a lot of those people, but just moving back or moving to a new place, you know, reaching out and asking, asking people about what to get involved in and, and being able to have the courage to try something new or reach 
reach out to somebody that you may not know, I think is, is reassuring. Um, how do you, I'm going to kind of jump around questions, even though we have an outline, Um, (laughs) but how do you, as millennials, I think we often get a little hesitant to ask those questions or get involved, or we come to a brand new place because work has taken us, you know, to California or some other place. How do you recommend to millennials specifically to get out of your comfort zone and get started in something? Yeah. So Honestly, I think it's just a matter of, um, the want to do it. So, I mean, just me from a personal standpoint, growing up, I was always very, very shy, very reserved. Um, when I went to the university of Idaho, I was, I didn't know a single soul going there. And so that was a huge risk for me. That was a big deal for me to step outside my comfort zone, I joined clubs, um, to force myself to meet new people. And so essentially we did the same thing when we moved over here. Um, we had one friend that lived here and that was really it. We didn't know anyone else. And so it's just one of those things where for me, the cattle industry is, is a huge passion of mine. Um, and so to, you know, it, and sometimes it's kind of hard because actually I will say when I first moved here, um, before I got connected with Val, I didn't even know how to connect with the magic Valley cattle association or the local association. So where I grew up, it was a County association and here it's a number of counties that make up our association. So I guess it represents more of uh, a good, I guess, amount of like a district or, you know, an air, you know, region, if you will. And so, um, I, you know, they didn't have a website that didn't have social media at the time or anything. And so I'm my, my last resort probably was going to be to connect with the Idaho cattle association and be like, Hey, you know, what's the local association around here. Um, so I guess it's just a matter of kind of like digging in, doing a little bit of research. Um, in this case, Google can very much be your friend. Um, but that was one of the things when I did get over here was recommending, um, that we get some kind of, uh, an easy way for people to be able to find us, you know, websites cost money. And so that can make it difficult, especially for nonprofits sometimes. And so, yeah, I was like, you know, Facebook is free. Um, at least when people do a Google search, looking for a local, you know, association, it's easy for them to find. And, you know, as a millennial social media is kind of our jam. Like, you know, that's kind of where we hang out, we're out and about. And so, um, it's a, it's a good place to be present, Um, but it's just, you know, taking that step. And I guess if it's not something you're used to doing, just be brave, go meet some new people who have like-minded interests as you, um, because you're going to meet some of the most incredible people that you will ever meet by doing that. So I love that. Be brave. Just try something new. I think that's great advice for most anything in life. Um, and especially as millennials trying to find our footing. Um, you know, where we belong in our local communities. Katie, what do you think the local, the role of local agriculture associations um, is, ones like Magic Valley Cattle? You know, I think 
that sometimes unless you're really involved in some of the local associations, this is something that people struggle with and really don't understand the importance of, because obviously we have the ICA, we have NCBA, the state and, you know, federal associations that really support our industry. And sometimes I don't know if people understand just how much the local associations do um, in a number of different ways. And so what I see us doing is obviously we're a great representation of the beef industry within our community. Um, and for example, some of the, the community support that we do is we donate beef to some fundraisers that help um, youth that are struggling with medical bills and things like that. And so we'll go and we'll cook the beef and you both probably know um, just how important it is to have a good beef tasting experience because so uh, more often than not, you know, somebody could go and buy beef from the grocery store, cook it, maybe they use the wrong cut and prepare it in the wrong way and it tastes awful. It's tough. And they're like, I'm never touching this again. So one thing that I really love about what we do is we give them a great beef tasting experience and make to make them love it and know that it can be a really great, um, protein source, nutrient dense protein for their, their overall diet and to feed their families. And so, um, and then not only that, but we also have the camaraderie with the community and getting involved. Um, we also work with two local, um, biker organizations that, um, it's so interesting because I think a lot of people literally wouldn't put us both in the same room together and be like, really? Um, you know, bikers and cowboys or cowgirls, like that doesn't make a lot of sense, but we have the most amazing relationship with those groups and, um, they come to our dinner dance. We come to their fundraiser and cook their beef. Like it's so special. I've never seen anything like it in everything that I have been involved with, with these um, industry associations. And it's something that I, I really love. Um, but you know, we also support the future of our industry, um, with our scholarship program, uh, being a nonprofit, we, um, I think we've given out since, let's see, 2016, I think we've given out like 11 scholar, 11 scholarships, um, something like that. And so, you know, supporting those that are looking to come back into the industry and make a positive impact and, um, for our future. And, um, you know, obviously there's also the local regulatory issues that are always coming up. I mean, particularly in this area, we obviously have a lot of public lands in the West. And so with that comes, you know, working with wildlife, working with um, their habitat, sage grouse and, and all that comes with that. And so um, that kind of allows us a, a way to kind of get in when um, like the BLM or ISDA is doing commentary and things like that. So we really have an opportunity to be involved and have a say in um, any of the, the rulemaking process that happens there. Um, and then of course, you know, whenever fires come through, that's a local associations really step up to kind of help out with that as well. Um, we offer education for our members that come to the meetings because, you know, really you're never too old to learn something new. Um, and you know, if you're looking for ways to, you know, improve your bottom line, you, you have to be willing to educate yourself and continually educate yourself because 
the research out there is it's constantly changing and improving agriculture. So, um, and then the last thing that I was actually thinking about the other day about this, um, that some people don't always think about is, um, and people don't want to talk about, and I know you guys have, which I think is incredible that you bring this to light is mental health. Um, you know, in the ag industry, I think we feel like there's like a medal for who works the hardest or, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, we work ourselves to the bone and yes, there's always going to be work to do no matter what that that's, this is an industry where there will never not be work, but we also have to remember to take breaks and give ourselves rest. And that, and that means getting out and socializing with your friends a little bit, um, connecting with them, maybe learning new practices and things like that. And so I just, I could go on and on and on about how important the local associations are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I absolutely love that. And all of it, you know, and it's amazing what a little socialization does do for the mental health and, and just bouncing ideas off of, um, one another too, because we end up putting our heads down a lot of times and barreling forward with our operation and sometimes taking a break, refueling our ourselves, and then talking to somebody about what's going on um, can really make a difference, whether it's in your operation or your mental health or, or just having fun in life, which is not always a bad thing as well. So I think I just yeah, I love all that. And I feel like we could unpack each little bit. Um, but it's, it's reassuring to me also that you talked about getting involved, you know, serving beef in the community and donating time and beef to, to, you know, people that need it and sharing our stories, putting ranchers face behind that product, I think, um, is really important, especially with like the pause initiative we've talked about previously and something I just want to get away with, get away from. And just, I'm like, I'm in Idaho now. Let's wash our hands of it. Um, I'm a circus, <laughs> but we can't do that. Cause it, it's right. It's this message here is reaching a lot of people in Colorado. It's reaching a lot of people across the country and, and there's people we need to continue to get that message out. Have you, while you've been like serving beef, um, had any cool stories of people saying, you know, connecting with you as a rancher or just being like, wow, it's really good to see you. So I personally haven't, um, that's actually one area where, um, my husband has actually contributed, uh, much more than I have. Um, I do a lot more behind the scenes and with the little ones now, it's so much harder to get out and do those things. But, um, I know that, that him and some of the other ones that help with those, they just come back so refreshed and kind of fueled for like what they're doing is worth, worth it. It's worth their time. Um, just because it creates these relationships. Like I said, that you never would have thought it made sense, you know? And so, um, yeah, they, and it, especially with, you know, some of those cowboys, those tough guys, um, I think it's so good for them. It's so good for them to experience that side of things as well. So. Very good. Um, you know, this is more of a lifestyle question, but how do you balance everything ranching 
being so involved in your community the way that you are. Um, you've got little kids, uh, you do photography, you also have a job um, in marketing. How do you balance it all? You know, I, I could say probably I don't. <laughs> um, if, in, in reality, I, I would honestly say that if I don't have my planner, um, and if, and this could sound cliche as well, but honestly, my husband plays a huge role in, um, me being able to be involved in so much. Um, we tr truly work as a partnership in our marriage. And I appreciate that so much because, because it allows me to, um, you know, as, as important as it is being a mom and as much as I love being a mom, I also, um, find, um, I don't know. I just, I, I find that there is more that I want to be able to offer and feel like I can offer. And so that really allows me to do it. Um, but I heard something, I read something last year that resonated with me so well that, um, this gal, she attended a Q and a session with, uh, Nora Roberts, who is an author and she talked about, and I don't know if you guys have heard this story or not, but she talked about that. Um, the key to juggling is to know that some of the balls that you have in the air are made of plastic and some are made of glass. And when she was referencing this, she wasn't talking about, you know, just like five balls in the air. It was like 55. And so that is, you know, taking the kids to their athletic practice, um, getting a project deadline done, like every little thing that you have to do in a day. And so the key to it is prioritizing and knowing that occasionally you're going to drop some of those balls and it's okay. Um, those glass ones, if you drop those, they're going to shatter. So you got to make sure that you prioritize and make sure those ones don't, but the plastic ones, sometimes they're going to drop and it's okay. And for me, I just, it was, it was so reassuring and it really just gave myself, like, I, I felt like I, I gave myself some grace because I was like, you know, mothers often have this um, pressure to feel like they have to balance it all. And it's hard. It's so hard. Um, but it was so nice to hear that because it's like, you know, you can still do all the things as long as you know how to prioritize and know that each day, some things that are glass balls, other days, they're going to be plastic and vice versa. And so anyway, when I heard that, that was something that I was just like that. Yeah. There's a lot of balancing that we do, especially when you get to be a mom and you have a job, you have a business, you know, all of that. Um, but it, it's just, it's really reassuring um, as a mother anyway. And it, it gives me like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to be okay. I can do this. <laughs> so that gave me chills a little bit because it's okay to let things fall. It's okay to let them bounce back up and catch them tomorrow. If we can't, mm -hmm. if we can't. And I think that's, I think that's a great way, place to leave it tonight or it'll air in the morning, but, um, a great way to end it. And we can't thank you enough, Katie, for spending some time with us this evening and sharing a little insight into your life. We'll have to have you back and dive into your own podcast and some of your experiences with, with that as well. But where can, 
where can listeners find you? Because you have some amazing photography work too. And um, I just want to make sure that you get all the shout outs you deserve. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so my favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. <laughs> and so my handle is just at keeper of the stars with two R's um, on Instagram. So that's kind of where I'm most active. And then through there, I have my my photography page. I share photography on both pages, but Katie star photography as well. So that's where I, that's where I like to hang. (laughs) Awesome. Well, we'll um, be sure to tag you when this airs as well. And listeners, we appreciate you tuning into this week's episode of the millennial ag podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, And you can also email us, talk to us at millennialag.com. until next week, we are millennial ag. 